Welcome back to the Limehouse Podcast. This is me, your host, William Porteous. I hope you are well. Uh, if you're not, then I, I don't know what I can do to help you. Uh, maybe, um, I don't know, run it, run, it, run it under the cold tap and hope that it stops throbbing. Um, yeah, it's it's been a funny old week. I've just come back from London. Well, not just, but, you know, I was, I was in London to watch Green Lung, the heavy metal, sort of heavy metal-ish rock band, um, I helped on the merchandise there and that was phenomenal. That was fantastic. I've, I've had sleep deprivation beyond anything I've experienced thanks to little Ray, our eight-month do- eight, eight old daughter. But I think I'm over the worst of that because uh, I've been sanding the banisters and building up a hell of a sweat and I haven't felt tired from that. So I think that's always a good sign. There's always a good sign. Listening to Test Mount Special and sanding and not feeling tired. Feeling like a real Saturday today. That's when I'm recording this. Feeling like an ultimate dad day. It's great. You know, when I, when I I used to grow up, I always just go in and listen to my dad like doing something like sanding or, or, or painting or something, and watch him listening. Sorry, him listening to like Fleetwood Mac or Status Quo or Led Zeppelin or something, and that would be the the rhythm of the Saturday. You just freaking love it. You know, we were lucky. We lived in a a, a nice house, and and there would be a, something going on in every room. You know, and and I used to love that the rhythm of a family. And uh, it, yeah, it's, it's one of those precious, precious moments, um, the basic thrill of being a dad. But anyway, look, it's been a whole minute and 38 seconds and I haven't spoken about who's on the fecking show. Well, boom, we're lucky. Well, you are. Uh, I was. <laughs> we're all lucky. We've got Adam Frost on the show. Adam is one of the loveliest men I've, I've ever, ever spoken to. Uh, I... You know what, if it hadn't been for speaking to Michael Palin last week or the week before, um, I would say this was one of the loveliest conversations I've ever had. I I seem to have a a little plethora of these at the moment, really nice, grounded people and and making uh, making me feel good about myself and inviting them onto the show. So sometimes you invite someone on the show and you... And, and halfway into the conversation, like, do they want to be here? Do they? Well, Adam wanted to be, and it comes across. So you'll know Adam from presenting uh, Gardener's World, and uh, he does that uh, alongside uh, Monty Don. They so take it in turns. And uh, you'll also know probably Adam from Chelsea Flower Show on the BBC and what have you. He, he's got, I think he's won about three billion, I think it's four billion actually, awards at Chelsea and, and various other uh, flower shows. I mean, the, the guy does the most incredible landscape design. Uh, and, and on top of that, he, he teaches people how to, how to uh, build gardens, how to structure things that they really want to have. And he, he teaches them. It's a beautiful thing. He, he, you know, he gives back. That's so, I really, really, I really love that about Adam. And also, he's so open and charming. Like he's a very warm guy, and we we come from a vaguely similar background. Um, I, I don't. Our childhood was very different, but in terms of gardening and getting on with life and having you know periods of of mental health uh, where it wasn't so good, periods of bad mental health. Um, because working on your own as a gardener is brutal. It can be really, really difficult if you've got any form of anxiety or depression. I've, I've definitely suffered in the past with that. Um, I basically referenced Kev, who I used to work with, uh, and how I used to be really in my own head in this terrible place and, and really not talk to him about it. 
And then I think, I don't know, about six months ago, when I spoke about it, he phoned me and he was like, and he listened to the show and he said, why didn't you ever talk to me? I was like, well, men don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk. Even nowadays, you know, we're like, we're always talking about mental health, aren't we? And, and how we're all blokes and, and all of us, we all need to open up a bit more. And, and of course we do. But it's very hard. It's very hard to talk about intrusive thoughts. You know, I had I had really dark thought processes. Right. And, and they obviously they all uh, were all to do with self-esteem. And I just wonder if you're in that situation, it's always nice to hear like from someone who's in the same boat. And Adam and I really do get in the same boat together. You know, we really do. We really connect. And I hope that I hope that helps you if you are a little bit blue, if you are suffering from some form of anxiety and freaky thoughts that you think no one else could possibly have and you're the only one in this and that's not true. You're, you are one of many millions of people who are suffering from weird thoughts uh, or, or depression or anxiety. So just bear with it. It will get better. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, underline that fact. It's really important to me that I, I share that with you today. I don't want to feel like I'm waffling. It's really as a part of me that I've always desperately wanted to convey in my conversations when mental health comes up, just how much I've suffered, be it at boarding school or just on my own at work. It sounds so ridiculous, but it's, um, work is very, it can be very, very brutal place. But anyway, um, God, we've covered everything so far. Adam Frost, Green Lung, Mental Health. Have I mentioned Rosie the dog? Rosie, who's behind me? Um, no, she's asleep. Uh, yeah, uh, so look after yourself. Enjoy the show. If you haven't uh, been here before, welcome. Sorry, first and foremost, it is a very strange intro today. I won't lie. Sleep deprivation. Um, but yeah, check out Michael Palin. What a great chat that was. Check out that chat I had with him. And uh, whilst you're at it, God, just just go bonkers. Just go absolutely bonkers. And I'll just pick a chat off the top of my head. Go go listen to Ed Begley. Ed Begley, the legend, came on this podcast. Film and TV freaking icon, environmental light superstar, came on this podcast. Check that one out. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. I'll see you on Twitter at LimehousePod. I'm on Instagram. Oh, I am. I'm there. So's Adam, actually. He's brilliant. I love him on Instagram. Look after yourselves. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Hello. How are you doing, mate? All right, mate. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. Uh, yeah, well. Good. Good. Yeah. I've um, just got my daughter upstairs. She's uh, eight months old, and I um, my wife's at work. And this is. I'm not exaggerating. She just literally about six minutes ago had the biggest poo explosion I have ever seen her have. It was Wonderful. the entire. Yeah, yeah. The entire like literally the entirety of her back and it was like a clay mixture because I've just moved her on to um, formula and nice mate do you want any more detail or no it's, it's you... nice I mean it takes me back I'll be honest yeah 
Yeah, yeah. No, it yeah. takes me back to I mean, my number three child. Our worst experience of that was number three, who had a bit has got a bit of personality. So she's now sixteen, but so yeah. she was in a cot. So what was she? Must have been eighteen months, maybe sort of pushing two, and going into her bedroom um, that she'd taken her nappy off, and then decided <laughs> to smear everything everywhere. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh man, I cannot wait for that. I mean, well, to be honest, we've got a um, a three year old as well. So, like, I'm, yeah, you know, but you still forget, don't you? You just forget. Um, yeah. With like even just a year between them, or like how how long is it between ours? Like a year and a half or something. You just forget, and and it's just. Oh funny. yeah, I mean, to be honest, I if I hear a baby crying, my instant thing is, I don't miss that. <laughs> it's just. You know. It doesn't terrible. take you back to yeah. It doesn't take you back to sort of yeah. I just like I don't miss that. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I basically had um the one of the worst nights as well. So basically, th- this is th- we have started recording by the way, Adam. Just saying. That's you all know. right. No um, just you know because it's just the randomness of of the na- the nature of this podcast. But um, like I've I've got really into this TV series called The Terror on iPlayer, and it's absolutely amazing but it is just that it's very terrifying but it's it's about a um a british expedition uh to the to the uh, northwest passage back in like 18 oh, is that when they when they basically never came back yeah yeah and it, i think it's, i think i might have started watching one of them yeah sorry you can't see my face by the way oh there we go oh, that's right okay, and, um, it's just basically i've been alone for like two days and i've, I've got this like proper like oh my god god is there a is there like a, a ghost coming to get me like is the you know is like it's really and then nappies going off everywhere children screaming and then it's like you oh my god am i ready for this interview with adam is adam gonna is he gonna, oh my god you know it's one of those things um i'm gonna get rid of the dogs mate Pod just yeah. so i've got one whining so oh, don't worry about that That's all minor right. minor outside the room take them up there mate cheers back Cool. Yeah, um, I mean, I, that sort of television like mate, with scaring yourself, I, I I sort of come to the place in life where it's sort of the world's scary enough. Yeah. Why would you get to an evening or a weekend and then <laughs> life out of yourself anyway? I So for me, yeah, my missus, I, it's interesting because she loves, everything she chooses is people being killed. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather we had more stuff on television where yeah. people made love. Because I, I, right. what I don't get, I don't get as a society, we're more comfortable watching someone having their head taken off as we are walking into a bedroom and seeing two people make love. Well, I mean, the thing is, Adam, what, you know, basically what you've got to watch is basic instinct then because you've got you've got the violence yeah, you've and got you've got the lovemaking. Yeah, you, you know? Right. But I just right. can't see why, as a nation, we feel more comfortable with people being killed. Oh, mate, I, I, I can think remember it's my, just the... this is this is a great one, right? So we were watching, um, oh, Gangs of London. Okay. Right. So Gangs of London is, um, I think it was a, um, it's a Sky, you know, gangster, obviously, as you can imagine. So the the, the opening scene in that, right, is is a fella. Um, someone took, stood on top of a building with another fella hanging out over the building on a rope. He then sets yeah. light to him with petrol, <sighs> sets light to him. He goes up in flames, right? 
Then the fella at the top, so we, we watched this, and I'm like, really? And then, my <laughs> missus, bless her, the next thing is the bloke used the C word. Yeah. My missus goes, turn that off, we can't listen to that. Yeah. I've gone, are you for real? You've just watched a bloke being lowered <laughs> up a building and set lights to, and you're more comfortable with that than him being called a C. I'll be really honest with you. I'd rather somebody actually swore at me like that than put yeah. me off the side of the building to get like that. We've become sort of um, desensitised, haven't we? Yeah, that's the word, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Absolutely desensitised to it. I think, I, I mean, I, I get terrified. So I'm easily, um, I'm, my anxiety doesn't take an awful lot to like take light. Um and it will stay with me for days. If I watch like a, a film that is is just taps into that that human yeah, yeah, side, yeah. like I don't know what it is. It just it triggers something in your head. And um, there's a, there's a thing in in the terror where a guy gets torn apart by this beast, but it's depicted in this really awful way. Like it really gets inside your head. It's like the first time I watched RoboCop and the policeman's getting his arms and legs blown off with. with oh my god, I was so young and it, and and it really messed with my head. And it will stay with me for days. I. And any time I go and watch something that's remotely like that, I just go, I'm going to turn it off now. No, can't do that. I'm a bit like you, mate. I'm like, I can't do it. I just, oh my God, it just taps into something in my life. I've got to go back into the garden for like two hours to just to just look at a dahlia or something. Just <laughs> You probably understand that's why that's where I'm happiest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, God. It's funny. It's good. It's good to hit off on this note, actually, mate, because um, you can spend a long, long, long time talking to people and never really get to know something a little bit different about them. So I'm glad that I found right. something different That's about true, you. That's true, actually. Yeah. Right. So we um, started from dirty nappies and then people were hanging off buildings. So yeah. Yeah. Right. I but no, you are. You, it is interesting. I think like I, this lockdown has taught us a lot about getting back to basics, right? And maybe yeah. paying a bit more attention to the beautiful things. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. And I, I, added to that, just yeah, that the amount of people you speak to that that either want to take a step back now or are or are and have reconnected with the natural landscape, but also yeah. a lot more people making things. You know, yeah, using yeah, no, their hands again, and and for yeah. me, that's that's all the magical stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That- no, I completely agree, mate. I, I I found that I was thinking, I was reflecting on this this morning actually when coronavirus first uh, really took hold, and I went, I just basically went out into the, um, I went out into the, um, sorry, I just waved into my, uh, my <laughs> father-in-law. He's just wandering around in the garden um no and i just i just really kind of got into this mindset of like understanding the importance of it the returning to nature that it, it's so basic getting something so basic but something so fulfilling from it and it's saving me from the anxiety of this unprecedented time yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because, I mean, there's been so much, I mean, it's something, I don't know, if you all do what I do, you've known about it for, you know, a lifetime really, but but actually in reality, there's been so much research done on it and you look at sort of stuff that's gone on in America and, and it goes back and back and back and it's only, I suppose it was pre-lockdown that, that there was some 
understanding even with the NHS and that sort of thing. And it was starting to yeah. sort of, but that seems to have through lockdown really, there's a proper realization of, of how we can use it to, you know, help get people get better, fix people, calm people. Yeah. Um, for me, the next bit is, is how many of us stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, no. like, sorry, carry on, Adam. No, I was going to say, so that idea that you've, you've, you've done it, and, I, and I'm doing a little bit of it at the moment. I'm in lockdown, so I'm not being sucked back into this. I'm not being sucked back into this. This is great, because why am I doing what I'm doing? Actually, the lunacy of running around like a lunatic. And actually, the last couple of months, I can feel myself getting sucked back into it. And I've had a conversation okay. with Mrs. Frost as to, well, we just need to... And so it's that idea. I think we will, but actually, have we got enough in us to go? No, actually, I am going to change things. I am going to sort of be slightly different in the way that I approach life. So, what 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 we talk about here, like the the landscaping aspect, TV, or what? Well, if you think about what I what I am, I suppose from the outside, people look at my life and think, you know, well, it must be amazing, but actually. When one day, and they're all their champagne issues, so they're not, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not down a, you know, I'm not down a mine or anything. I'm not, but one day I can be writing, the next day I'm designing, the next day I'm out building something, the next day, you know, I'm sort of gardening, the next day I'm in front of a camera, the next day I'm stood on a stage. What it is, is I don't spend enough time at home. I don't know whether I'm coming or going half the time. So uh, I suppose what, what people would perceive as, success has created something that um i'm not sure i can keep up with i suppose that's the reality of yeah so you're talking about wanting to control the narrative right i I think just to yeah just to go actually hold on a minute you're saying yes to everything because you realize that from where i come from you know i'm a kid from a council estate and so to now be doing what i'm doing is beyond the wildest of dreams so you feel slightly I don't know, arrogant or ungrateful to say actually, yeah. no, no, but actually you get to a certain age and go, hold on a minute, how can I keep doing this? Cause Mate, this is so, in- this is so interesting and it's literally raising like one of my, f- my fundamental questions that I wanted to, to ask you was that, you know, your background and what you've touched on there, that, that stuff never leaves you, right? If you're from an, an, an estate, wherever you're born, depending on how long you spend there, obviously that, that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really leave you, does it? I don't think it does. No, I don't think it does. I think, um, and, and maybe it's possibly what drives you to start with. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, you, you chase, you chase stuff. And I think I'm, I'm dyslexic as well. So I think that added, you know, I was a bit yeah. more on, I was this and I was that. And I think so you're, you've got these added little chips on your shoulder and you go chasing yeah. stuff. But then you have to get to an age and go, hold on a minute. This is starting this is starting to ache a little bit. Oh know? my God. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I'm a I'm a gardener as well. Did I did did Abby tell you that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Um and um what another because I don't I, I kind of want to try and circle back on that um background is because it's really interesting to me because um there's a similarity between you and I. You're a presenter. I'm a presenter of a podcast. Yeah. You're obviously a garden designer. So you, like you said, you've got your hand in a lot of different pies and what have you. But 
when I started out, I gardened because there was absolutely fuck all else in my life. Pardon my language. Yeah. Um, well, you no, know, there I mean, was that, lit- that was that was me, mate. You could be a. I think I yeah. was told I could be a chef, a gardener, or join the army. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I very nearly joined the army. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have bot? Do they? Do they? Do they have agricultural sort of uh, horticultural? Um, Can you imagine? I'd have been digging ditches yeah. somewhere, wouldn't I? Let's be honest. Yeah. So Wait, so where did you grow up? Yeah, they'd have sent me over the top. Just go and dig some trenches, Frost. You'll be <laughs> Frosty, right. go on, Frosty. Yeah, exactly, go on. Where you yeah. go? Yeah. But, yeah. So, but actually, in reality, you know, I suppose on that, what we're talking about, all those different things, where I suppose that realisation in lockdown, where am I happiest? Actually, it's with my hands in the soil and yeah. probably where I started from. So it's, I suppose it's being sensible of how, how close can I get back to that? Yeah, obviously, still providing for your family and and you know what you've created for them, I suppose. No, no, I get it, but um, I think also you also when you 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 you're used to a certain amount of income, you're you can get like with someone from your background, perhaps you get to a situation where you're like, is that going to run out? When's the next paycheck coming? And you that is kind of can chase you that 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 feeling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think you're sort of, um, I think money is, in a sense, is I've never been driven by money, but I think for me, probably it's money that's given me security. Yeah. And the comfort blanket. Yeah, it's interesting because there are people that accrue wealth for the sake of it, just to accrue more wealth. And there are people that come from different backgrounds, like there's a reason that they, they want more is because they're, they're fucking terrified of not having it and because they know what that what that existence can be like not that i'm saying the only way to enjoy life the only way to get any satisfaction is to be rich and wealthy it's just it depends everyone has their different drives don't they yeah i think so and i think for me it's always been first of all it was this is how i changed my life i you know i earn a few quid and then the yeah. next thing was actually how can i provide you know for family and and make sure that i'm safe really and safe is probably the the main word and then and yeah i don't need not more than that really i get upset if i couldn't have a decent pint at the end of the week i might get a bit grumpy (laughs) yeah and an occasional bottle nice bottle of wine but yeah outside of that i'm yeah definitely not i'm sort of probably quite a simple soul really in a lot of ways that does yeah that does come across me in your um your delivery um well i think in a way it's weird isn't it? I, you know i've ended up doing doing the telly rather than it was it was never a destination point it sort of it happened for various different reasons but actually in reality i the thing i've struggled with is if i'm really honest is, is lots of people knowing who i am Okay, people that really yeah. know me will go frosty how did you end up doing that because i you know i play football and i had my mates and and i had my work but i like to quiet point and yeah and actually socially my missus is is a million times better than me you Not know really. i'm better off being stood in the kitchen cooking or yeah you know, I'm, I'm definitely i do what i do and don't get me wrong i love people but i'm a lot more comfortable just sat in a quiet little boozer somewhere and with a couple of is money. That, 
that yeah. that is very that is very interesting though. But, sorry, this is a pterodactyl, by the way. It's my three year old's daughter. <laughs> my three year old's daughter. God, I'm I'm absolutely knackered, aren't I? You are, man. You um, are. Um, my three year old doesn't have a daughter, and it's not a pterodactyl. Okay, people, calm down. Uh, this isn't a freak show. Um, yeah. No, it's interesting because you touched there on um, introvert, right? And introvert, extrovert. I, lo- I lo- those those sort of people fascinate me. And I had this is a really poor example. I interviewed yeah. someone the other day, and it went really really well. There's a lot of feedback from it, and I got a f- got a lot of interest from the outside world. And just for about twenty minutes, maybe you know ten minutes, I, I really it it really scared me. It really did. And I was like, oh my God, like people, are people going to know who I am one day? Why, Will, why are you doing this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's And that is a weird thing, isn't it? And it's like, I'm not making any money from this, but it's like, I can imagine that when you do, like yourself, you're, you know, you're a nas- bit of a national treasure and you're like, you're making the, you're making yeah, money. See, that just it. makes me feel a bit like... Ugh. Exactly. Of course no. it does. Of course well, it I, does. You know, you start saying things like that to me, I'm thinking that, you know, the nation's knackered. The <laughs> for guidance. Yeah, but it's funny, isn't it? Because we do have a funny old... Who makes a national treasure list? Do you know what I mean? It's like um, Michael Palin, David Attenborough, yeah, Monty there's Don. There's, I think there's different levels of it as well. I think you're looking at people like Palin and, and, and people like... I think they're they're like, and Attenborough, they're like for me they're like world treasures. They're, they're, they're yeah. sort of just they're just oh, like world brilliant. treasures. You know, they're um, yeah yeah. I mean, what are we going to do with an Attenborough? Eventually, sort of, you know, moves on to the his next who picks up, point. You know? Who picks up that mantle? Because you're oh, you're in the realms of like you know the the pack the packums of this world, and I'd say Chris is pretty close to getting that like taking up the reins again introvert extrovert he's really yeah, I, interestingly i um chris and i were at um i hadn't really met him much but we were at hampton court a couple of weeks ago um I, he was on the stage i was off the stage he was on the stage i was off the stage you know um and it, the first time i'd really and it, I mean, it was just him and i in the meantime you know and um yeah really an interesting, lovely man, you know, and and he's got his passions and he's got his opinions about the stuff that he cares about. But I think mm. he, he's doing it because he genuinely cares about it. Not yeah. any other reason apart from that is he's a genuine human being that, that cares about other human beings, but also the planet that we live in, you know. And I think that's the interesting yeah. bit with Attenborough, that last few years of there's been so much honest you know i think he's already known but he's speaking far more publicly about you know the problems and and how we can possibly deal with it your climate um, climate change right um was yeah. you say it's attenborough yeah it, you know i yeah. i always felt yeah. that that he was sort of really you know with the beep stuff he was doing he he would be very nice about it but actually right yeah you know what I mean? Whereas actually, oh, I think absolutely. in the last two or three years, there's that, whether it's with him, hold on, right, I need to say something now. You know, or whether it's because he's, you know, he's doing stuff on things like Netflix and whatever, and there's, it's a different, yeah, it's a different, you don't have to worry about, I don't know, the beep or whatever it is that, but yeah, but yeah, exactly. Beep's he's, he's running out of time, right? Yeah, Sorry, carry on. Mind blowing, mate, listening to him 
you know, even his sort of the autobiography, you know, the last one, he's sort of the will and testament type thing. And and you you sort of read it or or listen to it, however you digest it, and you you know, that that's wisdom. Mm. Um, that's wisdom. I, I think that that as human beings, um you know, we're intelligent, but I don't think we're very wise. I don't think we're very wise. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing what we're doing, you know, and, and what comes out of his mouth just seems like wisdom, I suppose. That's Yeah, humility, right? There's literally yeah. zero hubris. It's like the he's he's the antithesis of of, of you know, and I yeah, it, it scares it scares me because who you're describing there, um, who we all know and love, Attenborough, and you're thinking to yourself how many more of those is it going to take to save the world? Are there enough people out there that are wise, they've lived long enough, who can vocalise and bring us all together, bring enough people together to make a change, you know? Mm-hmm. you just got to live in hope, mate, haven't you, really? Yeah. yeah. But we're, we're going to be the first pit, no, we, but, you know, gardeners are really going to be the, we've got to listen to gardeners because they're the people that are on the front line of this. Real, I mean, obviously not in terms of like, catastrophes but in terms of like this the gentle change within the garden you you can feel that you know the species that you weren't the that you were able to plant uh you you, you were never able to plant but you can now etc etc yeah definitely if you look at you look at that i've got plants in the garden that i wouldn't have planted in this part of the country at 21 years old you look yeah. at biosecurity you look at the amount of different you know, the amount of different wooded stock, i.e. trees that we've got that are under threat. You see what's happened to our ashes. You've got our larches, our oaks are under threat. You know, there's yeah. over a thousand pests and diseases on death lists. And, but it's, I don't know why, for some reason, it, it, it doesn't seem to have really hit home with people. It's, I don't know. It's, there's, some, there's something that, that seems to stop the connection on the masses, if you see what I mean. You know, there's obviously people there that are, do their bit and care but but yeah i don't know i don't know what it's going it's the to point of no return yeah. it's like with coronavirus like we we we've created a vaccine for it in under a year because we we were terrified and it was there in front of our faces and yeah. it it literally stopped our lives global warming climate change is one of those things that is essentially it's going to be too late it will it will happen and it will be too late and we won't be able to do anything about it and we'll be like oh that was a shame you know, now yeah. there's the population living in a corner of the world. That, that's the only corner you can live in because the rest of it's underwater. And this will be in like what 100, like 150 years or something. And oh. it's too, it's too late. And and sorry, I don't want to get all heated, no. but but it's it is terrifying. And what happened? What's happened this summer already? Right, Greece in in flames. Parts of Greece in flames. Uh, habitats completely wiped out. And Bloods, the flooding. Germany. Canada the had flood- problems as well, didn't they? Right, forty-three degrees in severe recently. Yeah. It's like, guys, what? <laughs> and then you look at our summer and you go, do you think that something going on here? Like we've literally had the one of the rubbish, the most rubbish summers of all time, and other parts of the world are burning. Make the connection. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You go back to the garden a bit. I think what it is is a realization. I was the, I'm doing a book at the moment, and I was asked to do like a twelve-month what to do in the garden you know month by month and i said i won't do it because i just don't think i don't think you can garden like that anymore you have to understand the space that you've got and then you have to re you know set it up to deal with with basically you know the amount of variations that are going to get thrown at it 
over a 12 month yeah. period and and i think that you said i think you're right if you if we all understand what's going on outside our back door that might be actually the route into understanding the bigger picture um I, i'm going tomorrow actually i mean i think that younger generation tomorrow i'm doing a um i've been doing something with, with radio too about um they've done a bee garden competition for youngsters you know yeah and, and yeah, that yeah. Gets open tomorrow and i had to turn the, the winning design into a, a functioning garden really so i'm going for the opening of that and i think jesus you know i think reality is the it's it's those youngsters the that get their sort of hands in the soil early and and understand that maybe it's that you know that group of people our kids i suppose that hopefully will will pick up the mantle and you know, which seems wrong, you know, that we're, we're leaving them with what we leave them with. But, but yeah, ultimately, you know, and I think this, this young amount of people, I suppose what I'm getting to is the amount of young people that applied for this design competition was amazing. And it yeah. was all about creating a bee-friendly garden. And the things that these kids were putting in this garden um, were incredible. And it was all the answers. I suppose that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. And, and yeah. I think that that's the sort of stuff that I call, ah, oh, do you know what? We'll be all right. Somehow, we'll be all right. But, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I don't know, mate. I look at Boris Johnson and I just, I think if we're capable of getting that absolute imbecile in and then whatever we had before that, I don't know. I, I, just, I'm a, I am despairing a little bit. But, um but I think, is, I think reality is, I think that's why it's quite good being a garden boy because ultimately, the, a gardener has got to be the ultimate optimist. You know, yeah. I think that's yeah, all you can do, yeah, isn't it? You, yeah. You've got to get up every day. You've got to keep on keeping on, and yeah. you know, I used to joke with my lot. And how's your day going? I said, well, I got out of bed this morning. I've got my legs off the side of the bed. I've pulled the socks and pants on, and I've stood up. That's a good day. <laughs> And whatever happens after that's a bonus, you know? Right, yeah, absolutely. I've got all my limbs and my mind is okay. Um I yeah. I I don't know why I get this uh, off from you, and this is only from watching you on the box. Um but I get I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but may I get the feeling like you you love people, like you genuinely like because of you know, you've got the Adam Frost school and what have you. You've got to have a lot of love for people to do that. I, I, I do love people. It's interesting because, like, Mrs. Ross say, like, you know, I won't answer the front door. You know, she would say you're a miserable git. But actually, <laughs> I do love, I, I really love people. I think more than, when I'm in that environment, doing that, more than anything, I know what gardening's given me. Yeah. And, and if that means that I'm sat there and there's stuff, the camera in my face, and I'm talking to, more than Mavis or I'm talking to George and Jim down the pub about what they could do in their garden. And I'm doing it because I know that it's done me some good and yeah. it's provided me with something, a, you know, a life that's beyond belief. But, but yeah, I, I, what I like more than anything, when I'm interviewing people, I like stories. I like understanding people's lives and stories and, yeah. Uh, yeah, every, everybody's got a story. Yeah, and, no, it's and, true, and I, isn't it? And I think everybody should be able to share their story, you know. And that, to me, that's the bit that I, you know, if I'm going to do an interview, 
um, I did some for um, Chelsea for the preview show, and um, yeah, and the lady was really nervous, and um, and she said afterwards, she said, "I'm, oh, I was really easy talking to you." I said, well, "Why?" She said, "Because you, um, she said, because you know, you you sort of, it felt like you, you were interested." Right. I said, "Well, that's because I was. It wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. I." I yeah. You know, I'd gone to this place that she was in a position to tell a story. She told me a story. It was a lovely story. Why wouldn't I be yeah. interested? You know? Yeah, no, I, I think people, I, you know, some people do get intimidated just, just by the idea of just talking to someone they've never met before. I get really excited about it because I know yeah. so the people I choose to talk to, I know I'm going to have something in common with. And with, with you, I've got a, a, quite yeah. a, a little bit more in common with because we both get our hands in the soil. And um, in the soil. Uh, yeah. Um, it, inter- it interests me though to, because I, if I, I'll give you a bit of my background. Like I started out because like I said earlier, I didn't have anything else to do. I got three, three GCSEs left, left school, pratted around at college for, for a year, just thinking I could do something, get some kind of an education didn't work. And then ended up, gardening because I didn't have any no one else told me that I could do anything else with my life um and what you touched on earlier that's that that struck a chord with me but when did you when did it like become a passion when did you realize like because for me it was later I would have been in my late 20s when I started going oh salvias are quite pretty aren't they or oh okay I like I like the way Oh, I'm quite good at growing things, and it's certainly and, and Gardener's World definitely helped me with that. But um, what about you? When did it really? I think I think reality is I, I think uh, like my my childhood was slightly complicated. I spent quite a lot of time with my grandparents, though they okay, both yeah. lived in different worlds in a lot of ways. They they both loved gardening, so I would you know follow nans and granddads around gardens and. Um, allotments <laughs> and and whatever it was, and you know generally be covered in in mud. Um, and then, then actually, um, got moved to Devon when I was fifteen. That all went a bit wrong. Left home at sixteen. Um, um, me mum and dad did a like swap with another couple in a small Devon village, so that annoyed me a little bit, as you can imagine. So yeah. I moved out of home, and it literally was. And, you know, I think you might have got one more exam than me, so you, you know, you're on a better foot. <laughs> hey man, see, um, I knew I knew I, was, know, I, knew I, I was better than you. Frost. I might have had two or three, um, yeah. but it, what it was, it was, well, you could be a, you know, you could join the army, you could be a chef. I love cooking. Um, but mm. actually I got a, got an interview on a parks department and, and I still to this day, I went, I did the interview and actually it was, it was, you talk about people actually, it was the people. Cause then I got the job and then I, I had a, a charge and a foreman, Jim and, and George. And to this day, I can bear in mind you know one of them's passed away um one's mm. still down in devon but i i i, I, t- I had touched base with him when I, he touched base with me when i did garden as well but i don't know they they meant something to me and they guided me whether they knew they were guiding me i really yeah. do not know so i love the the process of going to work having the crack Mm. The, the sort of gardening though there was the connection with the grandparents I loved looking after stuff and and then 
And then I moved back to London and then eventually got the job with Jeff Hamilton when I was was 21. And I think if there was a moment when I I fell in love with with gardening full stop was probably at that point. And that was the moment when, well, this is a bit bigger than I thought it was. Well, when you when you met with when you met Jeff, yeah, and then I had sort yeah. of what, five, six, I don't know, five, six, seven years with him, and that was the time when everything got formed, I suppose. I.e., that the the moral sort of compass of gardening, what it meant to me, I suppose the, the passion for the environment. And think about what he was doing, mate. I mean, he was mm. he was talking about peat free, organic gardening. Yeah, and stop strip, you know, destroying limestone pavements in their countryside, you know, thirty plus years ago. God, I mean, I remember, I remember Jeff uh, Hamilton. Yeah, when I was a kid, you know, and you think, wow, and 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 I don't think as a twenty-one year old, I mean, I, you know, you're a toe rag, aren't you? So you're busy off doing what <laughs> you're doing, and and yeah. but I really looking back, I suppose what I'm saying is looking back now, I realised that was the time when when whatever I was going to care about was probably, you know, bashed into me. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was, uh, um, it was, it was going to happen. It was then or never, like now or never. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I think from that point, um, in passing away and whatever, you know, and life went in the direction it did, landscaping design and, you know, flower shows and, and ended up where I ended up. Was all set by Jim George, you know, Nan's granddad's Jim George, and and then probably Jeff gave me the kick up the backside that I needed. You know, but it's uh, funny, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's not exactly like a rock and it's not a rock and roll tale, is it? It's just like yeah. a, a, but you've just followed this the path steady, steadily. I'm I am quite interested though, because gardening can be incredibly sol- solitary, can't it? And yeah. um, you, you know, you've mentioned there that you know you didn't have like the easiest um childhood. Do you think when you, you know, when you're, do you find sometimes when you're gardening, not necessarily now, or was there a period of your life where you struggled being on your own, in your own head, in your own thoughts, gardening? I, I think that time would have been the Jim and George time. So it was the parks department. My, my memories of the parks department are not, are not necessarily the gardening that we did, but we did lots of it. But it's the characters, you know, they had close relationships. So we'd always have like, you know, the bin men would be about. So we had the characters off, off the bins. We had all the parking, yeah. um, and we're talking characters. You know, you can sort of—it's <laughs> it's a whole you know, sitcom, a, a drama, whatever, whatever it is. You know, it's, <laughs> it it was there, and then these guys were about you, and and you know, as a as a sixteen-year-old, you imagine you just suck it up, don't you? And it's and so I think it was those, you know, getting up, going to work was yeah, I wanted to work, but actually it was to. It was to see the lads. We were talking about. I talking about my two boys. We were. Um, I started playing a bit of golf with my two lads, um, <laughs> which has been amazing. Um, and we were talking about apprenticeships. And I'd said um, I'd remember the story. I was in a um, the little park that I was working in, and one Christmas the boys bought me a, a bobble hat, but with the biggest bobble you've ever seen, and I had to wear it all the time <laughs> so they could see me, and <laughs> and they. Um, they said, what's the word, what's, you know, what sort of things happened to you, that, you know? And I said, well, there was one time when this little park had this tiny little mill, right? And it had a, it had a, it had a mill wheel, but, and think about doing this now, but it was caged off. Um, right. And there was a, there was a, there was a, um, 
you know, a water run that, that fed this, this wheel, you know, so they had a sluice gate that they could close it off. And they told me that it had to be cleaned once a year with a scrubbing brush and a bucket. Oh, so God. they turn the sluice gate on, they open the cage up, I get in, and then they close the cage up because they, you know, they're talking to me, I'm like an idiot, aren't I? And so I start scrubbing, <laughs> like, they've closed the gate, unbeknown to me, they've locked the gate. They've gone back up the top, oh. left the sluice gate up. I'm going around like a hamster. Just like, and I've got oh. two old boys laid on their back, just laughing, you know, like something out of, like Daddy Pig, you know, you've probably been watching that. Right. You know, with yeah, Pig. Um, and he, you know when yeah, Daddy yeah. Pig lays on his back, you know, and he's yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sort of, and you think, <laughs> but that's, that was the good bits. Does that make yeah. sense? That was like. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think, I, when I when I started out, um, I worked with a guy called Kev, um, and we're still very we're pretty close actually. Still, he's a podcast freak, and yeah. um, we used to do comedy sketches together in the garden, like record them yeah. on our phones, just to basically break up the day, you know, to stop yourself from getting too bored and going a bit mad. And um, and those yeah, those were the good. I don't remember the bloody gardening. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. do. I remember the monotony of mowing the lawn or whatever, but like. That, that's what kept me going and I, yeah. I i spoke to him not so long ago about the anxiety that i suffered when i was working and he was very surprised because i i'd work i was working next to him just me and him and i never spoke about being anxious or depressed no, or whatever weird, and yeah. it is weird it's freaking weird you know yeah. now i'd be like he's like why didn't you just tell me or whatever and i'm like i don't know it's just weird. Know, it's, yeah it's like we sort of I don't know. I'll, I'll talk a lot more openly now than than I ever would. You know, I'm quite happy to talk about every, everything now, but I don't know, not not at that age, I wouldn't yeah. have been, you know. Um, there would have been lots of people around me that wouldn't have known matches about, apart from I was up for a crack and I was, you know, I love this and that yeah. and whatever. But yeah, a lot quiet, of us, I would keep quiet, it buried away, yeah. yeah. So what sort of stuff are we talking? I don't, you know, you know don't, don't worry if you don't well, talk just, about it. I mean, it, mate, but... just sort of, uh, just childhood, old man drank too much, that sort of thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Too much, yeah. It would be, it'd be, the, it'd be the, like the best, it'd be the, the, the person you most wanted at the party until yeah. it could be the sixth point or the seventh point or the fourth point. And then right. it would all go Pete Tong. So, um, yeah. and that could, you know, me get a whack. Um, but that's saying that we we sorted ourselves out eventually and became really good mates. And you realise that he was just carrying the problems that he was carrying, you know. Um, obviously, yeah, you know, parents, the frictions of parents, boom, 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 moving to Devon, just constant complications, really. And and I suppose it just leaves you uneasy, doesn't it? You know, that's what um, it is. And always you on edge. Up, you just yeah, exactly that. And and you you carry, I suppose, like. It's as if you're holding your breath after time. Yeah, no, I can. Right. That's such a good way of putting it. I think um, I never s suffered any violence or anything like that um, uh, from from my parents. You know, domestic abuse, what have you. But um, there's definitely I can really I can really uh, relate to that. Very not relate, but I, you've, you've painted a really good picture there because I think that also undermines so much. A, a, in life going forward when you get older you know a father is such an important part of your life yeah. and if that is constantly shifting like a plate a tectonic plate you'd, 
what's that going to do to you later in life especially when you're alone gardening for yeah. fuck's sake and it, and it, and i suppose it did and eventually to be fair funny enough eventually you know we didn't talk for years and then i don't know we were at some family christening i think he tried to join in the conversation i could call him everything from a pig to a dog as you do it you know family occasions um then him and i he just said just can i have a chat he went sorry son um and then after that we became good mates he started working for me and um yeah. and then actually i got really? to know yeah. him then i got to know him you know and which i'm forever grateful in fact actually i had an email the other day from a lady that he because he was still down in devon um that he built this lady's garden and she'd put two and two together um so she emailed us saying was your dad called martin because he's passed away now um oh yeah okay they're called martin frost and uh, because he he built my my man's a landscaper so he built my um he built my garden and i've been opening it to the public blah blah, blah. um if he is if you want to let me know i've got some photographs and she said and then she put in her email he, he always talks about um his oldest boy and how well he was doing you know mate i just like i had Jesus. to read it twice and, and i sort of really welled up um, i bet you did actually in the office like is my obviously oldest daughter and he was and then my wife saw it and went have you seen it i said yeah and do you know what it felt really special that God. he obviously he'd said to me you know he hadn't said to me oh well done son no but obviously he was busy carrying on with his life and doing what he was doing but he said my boy's doing all right you know and and, and maybe that's is all you it, need isn't it is that all you no, need absolutely yeah no of course validation but in a really kind of like typically male way like, yeah, uh, to someone goes, else, then, then, right, then he emails you, know, you 20, 20 years later. A bit ghostly, right. isn't it? But don't you think like you're, you've got, that's quite a level of humility on your part to just be able to just accept his apology and, and understand the, the importance of the relationship that your father had to still play in your life, to just be able to go, Dad, yeah, don't I worry, you, I forgive you. I, I'm really good with sorry. Yeah, I just, it's not hard, is it? You know, and it, it is hard, isn't it, for a lot of people? But I think as long yeah. as it's genuine um, and people mean it, then I, I don't see that actually. And and then maybe I maybe I I, I don't know. Maybe I, he's, he was my old man when he so maybe I wanted that relationship, and you know maybe I'm not as maybe I sort of needed it a little bit more than I admitted. I don't know. I don't know. But I think we all do, blokes. Yeah. We need a Matt God. We need a father figure. Everyone, girls, boys, we we're desperate for it. it it's the cornerstones of our lives. We, do, we don't realize. Just dads don't realize. Just just by being there is enough. Just yeah, you, you don't necessarily even have to f fucking run around the garden kicking football or take him to the no. blooming Eiffel Tower. Or whatever you just you just got to be there. So, and then so, the problem you know, is, then you become a dad and you think like, oh my god, how am I going to look after this lot? How am I going to do this? <laughs> how am I going to do this? And the you know, it's crackers, isn't it? It's like. Oh. You know, you just, I think I mean, I've got to say to my, look, I, I'm just doing the best I can. <laughs> that's all I'm doing. Mate, that's I, that's, I'm doing. I, it's all it is, isn't it? Because I, I've, I've found like with Pearl, my elder daughter, where she's really pushing me and I'll shout back or whatever and go try and discipline her. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, am I, am I hurting her? Am I doing, am I doing this the right way? Yeah. 
is in 10 years is she going to turn around and be like you traumatized do you remember that moment you shouted at me oh god you know you're constantly trying to work out how to parent and it's yeah and i think we overthink we overthink it now don't we that's the problem yeah yeah the thing is sort of and I don't know, being a parent's a nightmare, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's like, uh, was it someone said to me the other day, reminded me of something that Bob Geldof sent about, he said being a parent was easy. You just had to be, um, something along the lines, you just had to be incredibly patient all of the time. <laughs> I think that's what he said, which I thought was quite good, really. Oh my. Take, the opportunity when you, take the opportunity when you can to, because I went down there after I picked up my daughter from nursery yesterday, I had my younger, my eight months strapped to my back. So we both, all three of us went down the pub for a pint and um, the sun finally came out and I sat in the pub garden with my daughter and, um, in the pram, younger daughter on the, on the, on the grass. I was had the quickest two pints of my life just yeah. trying to savor it and it was just like it's, it's, it's like it, it's it's a horrible way to say it but it's a little bit like being in the eye of a hurricane right and you yeah. just got you just released from it just for a minute and yeah, you just yeah. go oh i'm human again um it's funny because you're as sorry. you're the sort of us both you're at the other you know though my what's my youngest 14 so absolutely you've been speaking to is 24 so that but they're all still around me and home and whatever and um and actually what becomes lovely is when your 24 year old drops you at the pub and picks you up that's quite a nice feeling mate <laughs> and then yeah. you know then dad let me buy you a pint that becomes oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. quite nice and you know and you realize that that you know they do care and they do you know and you go through this sort of journey of of in and out and you know but we, then we got one of the others is 16 so she had a you know a prom last weekend weekend before i'm picking her up at 1 30 in the morning hammered you know and she wasn't even meant to be picked up and you're going out there going why am i doing this this is like crap i wouldn't have even phoned home right yeah phoning home and saying to my old man dad i'm a little bit hammered mate do you think you could come and pick me <laughs> jesus christ yeah that would that? have ended terribly badly it would have, yeah. Um, and she got yeah. in the car full of, you know, because she was on the phone with her mum crying. So I go over there. She gets in the car full of the, you know, alcohol. And this, and then we get about two minutes down the road. She's like that, you know, heads on the seatbelt. Why? <laughs> <laughs> why? 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 You know, but we've yeah. been there, I suppose. Oh, I definitely have been there. Oh, my yeah, you've God. got some joys in front of you, mate. You've got some joys in front of oh, you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, she's like, if, if they're like um, the, uh, the, the, her, um, her mother, then their mother, then they'll probably probably only have about a glass of wine a month, which is yeah. infuriating for me because I love to drink and I'm literally just next to my wife. I feel like a full blown alcoholic. You know, it's quite funny. But um, I just want to I just want to ask you, Adam. It's a really straightforward, probably very uh, BBC like I know Gardeners World magazine question. But how how did you get into the TV. How did that happen? Because it's it's not exactly. Was that through Jeff? Did, did was that? No, not. No, it was. It was. It, it sort of happened. There's another thing. It just sort of happened over a period of time. Yeah. So I can remember when Jeff died, and there was a there was an old producer called. Um, to be fair, he probably set the seed. There was an old producer called Ray Hoof that did um, a proper old townie, like lovely, lovely man. Um, and he did the last paradise series with jeff and and he um he even said to them boy you'd be all right 
doing this, you know, when we stayed friends, you know, we're still mates now, you know, years on, but, um, and, but I was very anti doing any of it. And then, I don't know, slowly as years would go on, I might do Chelsea and I'd do an interview and then Alan might say to me, or a producer might say to me, or a cameraman might say to me, like someone would say, you know, oh, you should do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was really good. And I don't know, it's probably what people say to people all the time when they're being interviewed and whatever. And, right. and I'm just, I don't know, we did a little bit on Alan's show. The RHS asked me to do something for the one show. And I, I just carried on doing stuff. And then a couple of people come to me, production companies come and said, oh, you know, we'd like to sort of, what's his name, you for this? And they right. sent stuff in. And I, I never felt at all comfortable with it. I'd come home and say to Selena, I'd, Nah, it's not for me, it's not for me. And then we got through to, I spent 2014, something like that, when I was at Chelsea, getting to the sort of, how many more Chelsea's am I going to do? Mm. And and by that time I'd met, um, I'd become reasonable mates with Nick Knowles. That's what I'd become, I met him. I mean, just for him, yeah, I know, another Of course, number. yeah. Um, so I became <laughs> mates with him and, and, and he knew to producers really well and I think he'd said to um, this fella called Roby Duct who was, who was at the Beep quite high up at the Beep you want to come and meet Adam anyway they, they came and met me and we had a drink and whatever and a chat and it was but it, at that point it was still very you would like to do something with you and so we ended up doing a couple of bits from home so we did a, um, from my old house and I, I sort of went out did an inspiration bit and then come home and built something um, and then at the same, just after that, what happened is Nick Nolsey had asked me to go to, um, he'd asked me to go to Manchester to do um, the gardens for the veterans build. They did a massive DIY SOS when we built for all the veterans. And yeah. um, and I did that. And unbeknown to me, well, I knew the, the DIY was going to be entered for awards, but unbeknown to me, my Gardeners World thing was entered for a um, best newcomer for like Royal Television Awards. Yeah, and um, cut a long story short because it was very very funny how it happened. But um, I went to this awards and ended up I won it. I won that, which was a complete and utter shock. Um, and then the same night, DIY SOS won as well. So I got all these people I... sat on stage. I've I've done telly for thirty years. This is the first thing I've won. I've, I ain't even really done it yet. I've walked <laughs> off the stage with two awards. And to be honest, if I had to pick a moment that it started to change because I'm not sure the Beeb necessarily fancied me. I'm not, don't think that I'm a very BBC voice in a lot of ways. I, mate, my, my, that was my next, my immediate observation, but carry on. I, think, I don't think I am. And, and, but I think Roby um, and a fellow called Paolo. Um, yeah. Probably saw something. I don't know. And just thought, Do you know, we need to we'll get this kid on and get him talking about, what he loves and and it's fair play to him they, they, it was them really i think that and even when i first started doing it i was really unsure about whether it was me and you know all that you know talk about those self-doubt and the, you know the anger absolutely and all that. oh wow that syndrome. and then it, it just sort of slowly fell into actually why am i doing it and you know and yeah with nosy about it well so why are you doing it well i'm doing it because i love gardening we'll just talk about that then don't worry about right. nothing. And so again, it wasn't something that like went bang, bang. It it evolved over a period of time, and 
you know. I think yeah. if it if it come to you too quickly, you would have run a mile. It's just it happens slowly, yeah. gradually. Yeah. I mean, we joke, think, we joke, like, because obviously, they'll, you know, so many people know who I am. And, right, yeah. Um, problem is, you know, I'm yeah. married with four kids and, and I have, you know, I have quite a lot of interest in, in lots of ways. Um, and um, imagine if that had happened when I was 21. God, yeah. No, it, it would have gone wrong, wouldn't it? Well, mate, it's inevitable. <laughs> but it does, it just, I always think about you and your, um, you know, your delivery, your, your, um, your presence in front of camera. And there's always just a different vibe with you whenever you, whenever, you know, it's time. And Adam's going to talk to us about, I don't know, Clematis or whatever. It's a, it's a, na- it's just such a natural chilled vibe that you have that seems pretty effortless. And I've got that. I'm quite, I feel good saying that now because we've had a good chat and I've got a bit of sense of who you are. And I know it's not just you're putting on for the camera, you, you no. know, it's, you're very mindful. Do you know what I mean? I think people watch you and they get a, a very a sense of mindfulness with you. And you're a natural, you're just a normal bloke. And I think, well, not, then, I think the nice, you say that the nicest thing I get, the nicest thing, and people don't even realize the nicest thing I get, a lot of people go to me, you're all right, you are. You're all right, you are. Yeah. 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 And that's yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's fine. Don't need any more than that. Do you? You're all right, you are. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Mate, I'm, I'm privileged, not Know, and, I, and I am getting to talk about something that I love, mm. so and and I'm not, you know, I'm not having to do. That's do I love what I'm doing. I love my gardening. I love all that. But you know, let's be honest. You know, that's a privilege to be able to stand in front of a camera. And people shouldn't turn it into any more than that. It's it's a, you know, you turn up somewhere, you get made a fuss of. You know, yeah. you talk about something you love. Someone gives you a few quid, and you go home again. No, sure. it, it, how can you make that more than what it is it's a privilege yeah no of course of course i just it is it's interesting do, do you think like pete there aren't do you think there are enough people like you with your you know your background your you know your un i just sort of going back 30 years you know i say you would have had to have spoken like this um yeah, Mr. Frost, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and no, you know i know I, I think that you know i mean we talk a lot more now don't we about diversity and and, yeah. and quite rightly so but actually um you know within that you know we've got a class system you know absolutely and so the diversity for me has to include class within it and i'm not sure that it always does um, no it doesn't we, no. we we're a very strange lot us british people we don't like people that are too normal in front of the telly we like to be spoken down to a bit we yeah. like someone who who and i don't know why that is like i mean i love stephen fry don't get me wrong this isn't me slagging him off but there is an element of people that that were hero worship he's just a bloke do, yeah. do you know what i mean and uh i mean we don't have enough people on telly that just come from normal backgrounds the, the idea that you have to have been to you know oxbridge or what have you to 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 get to any level and so when you come on the camera and you're very chilled and i know how goddamn hard you've worked to get there let's not forget that you know being a landscaper is is no like designer is is beyond stressful um but there it there is a meritocracy involved but also sometimes you can just be a bit too he's a bit too much of a lad that one will yeah, yeah. he was one oh, yeah. Man, you know? yeah 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 i'm uh, yeah definitely i've had a bit of that i mean let's be honest i walked into a you know an rhs an rhs environment um you know and started sort of 
designing gardens at the Chelsea Flower Show and winning things, and I, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I'd fitted. Yeah. You know, but actually, just got to keep going. And did you like? Did you like that? Did you like being the outsider? I, yeah, I think there's a bit of me that quite likes the. Yeah, and yeah, there probably is. If I'm honest, I like Good. being a and little I... bit sort of naughty or just. Yeah, I probably do, if I'm honest. So my Good. daughter's probably looking at me as if to say, she'll either nod or shake her head. Like is that Abby? Yeah. Yeah, so oh, she's... So that, yeah. Oh, Abby, okay, you're... Do, it's to, um, you're yeah, so it's the oldest, so 24-year-old Abs who, who sort of runs dad's life now, really. That's what's going to happen to you, mate, eventually. Oh, so even if your great. wife can totally and utterly run your wife, your your 24-year-old daughter will dictate oh, okay. what you're doing every to... moment of every day. <laughs> So, the way my life is run at the moment, I think my three-year-old is she's running. Probably already, so, yeah. nah, she's yeah. probably already chose the home that I'm going in. I bet if you go, <laughs> in, you go into her history, you know, on a computer, she's probably picked it. I know it's don't spend it's that nice. You know, she's probably out of the business, mate. She's probably siphoning money away and got herself all set up. She's, looking, she's giving me daggers now. She's giving me daggers. Um, so, Thanks. look, it's, we're, we're probably almost done here, but... Um, mm. I, I, d- I know I, d- I want to be really cheeky here and Adam and I really want you to be presenter of Gardner's World when Monty finally hangs his boots up because as the seasons go on and the Twitter posts you see on Monty's thread it's like you're more it's getting more and more like he's just getting done with it and just being oh my god you know and and like <laughs> you just got to hang I, I, we're desperate for a normal person not that Monty isn't normal but just a normal person to present and yeah, it would be but, I, but then great. you know you say that, but um, he's and he, and he, Monty's lovely, and but but the the nation does feel a safer place when when Monty comes out. You know, <laughs> but you, but I've just, just I feel safe. Sat there with yeah. a glass of wine, and but I think I think the reality is is what you've said is that probably different voices work for different people. And what we should have is that lovely diversity of voices so that, mm. you know, Mavis can sat there and they probably think that I'm all right. And, you know, Jeanette and her best friend probably think Monty's all right. And that's what amuses yeah. me when, you know, you sort of see it happen when I cover for Monty or, you know, they'll they'll go, Monty, you know, well, you're much better than Adam and then I'll get, oh, yeah, yeah. but you're it's just like, really? We're just two yeah. blokes, you know, all right, we right. come from well, we're two blokes, we're rocking up, we're talking yeah. about something we love, you know, take out of it what you want to take out of it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't care what you think that I'm wearing. It, it yes. means nothing to me. I, you know, all that, all that of it is just I think, can you just do, I think you should just do one episode, right, where you present in a status quo t-shirt or like a Black Sabbath t-shirt and just go, no, what there's would be a, your choice? There's a, there's, a, there's a very. I'm not going to tell you. There's 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 a. a I will tell you over a pint sometimes. There's, there's there is a t-shirt that I've worn a few times underneath my shirt. Underneath, oh, you rebel, Adam, you rebel. I'll tell um, you at some point over a pint privately. Yeah, because actually um, that's driven by my kids. Okay, mate. Okay. Yeah. Um, but look, f- thanks for your time. I'm going to try and get Frances oh, Topple on the show one day. Do you think, do, is she worth talking? Is she, yeah, she's, 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 she's a lovely an person. absolute delight. See, yeah. mate, if I was going into the bookies, all yeah. right, Nab Brooks, and going to go and put on, or obviously other bookies are available, um, and I was going to go and put on <laughs> a few quid for who will be the next lead at Gardner's World. Oh, okay, I'd yeah. I'd put money on Frances. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what so I would. She, yeah, That's what I'm, 
And um, Abby, thank you. Nice to sort of not not see you, but know you're in the room. Thumbs up. And yeah, she's like, yeah, thumbs up. You got. I'll message you in a minute. And Adam, yeah. thanks so much, mate. You're a My legend. Pleasure, mate. That you really was such yourself. a lovely chat. So thank you so much. Now you look after yourself, mate. All right. Cheers, Be good. Be good. Cheers, pal. <laughs> see you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.